There's a hundred thousand streets in this city. You don't need to know the route. You give me a time and a place, I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes and I'm yours. No matter what. Anything happens a minute either side of that and you're on your own. Do you understand? Good. And you won't be able to reach me on this phone again. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Red Street Movie Podcast, the podcast for everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to wear a full-on, like, head face mask thing for no reason at all, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm well, and yes, uh, I do that frequently. Just, you know, it's nice to put yourself in someone else's uh, face. Mm. So you get kind of sweaty in there? Uh, yeah, the the chin kills. Mm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have expected does. that. Yeah, good to know. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is the Red Stream Movie Podcast, where every week Perk and I review a movie that was connected to the previous one. Uh, we're back on a normal string here, so we'll be boobopping along, uh, finding connection between movies that we want to watch. Um, if you want to watch it with us, we'll tell you what we're watching next week at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, we post every single Friday. Uh, tell your friends about it if uh, you think they'd like it. But let's get into this week's movie, Drive. Perk, why don't you intro it for us? All right. Uh, Drive is a... 2011 joint, uh, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, starring all the actors. <laughs> Statcast. Um, yep, uh, but in particular, Ryan Gosling, Carrie Mulligan from last week, uh, mm-hmm. Brian Cranston, Albert Brooks, Oscar Isaac, and Ron Perlman. So mm-hmm. yeah, very, very stat cast. It follows a mechanic, stunt driver, getaway driver who gets... Tangled up with the Italian mob out in mm-hmm. California, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, things go awry as they often do. Mm-hmm. There we go. Do you have any fun facts you want to share, or should we yeah, sure, I have a couple. Um, so Nicholas Winding Refn, who directed the movie, uh, doesn't uh, drive, doesn't like cars, has failed his driver's <laughs> test eight times. Um, <laughs> Ryan Gosling actually restored the Chevy Malibu he drives around uh, in the lead-up to the film as preparation. Yeah. Um, And then uh, after debating it, they decided they wanted to make Ryan Gosling's character a lot more reserved. uh, So they decided to up Brian Cranston's lines and make him a motor mouth so as Mm -hmm. to kind of leave the more... um, reclusive type guy for Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I think that works for the most part. Yeah, I agree. Perk, you're coming hot off the presses on this one. What do you think? Um, I liked it. I think uh, it is maybe a little overhyped, but the only person who hyped it for me was me. <laughs> uh, so maybe I, I set my expectations just a touch too high, but yeah, it was very good. Um, I'm gonna sell my boat. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I also got kind of overhyped. I think this. I don't know if we imagined the buzz around this movie, but I, I think there's people like it, or there was buzz. I don't know. I was reading some of the, like the IMDb reviews. People were really hot on it. Um, I thought it was fine. I think I liked the first half much more than the second half. Um, 
I think a lot of things work. Like I think the lack of dialogue mostly works, and I, I like how it's shot. But at the end of the day, I just didn't really care about for the story um, that much. Um, also, Carrie Mulligan, I feel bad for her. She had nothing to do in this movie except for stare at Ryan Gosling. Like she did, she was not a character at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. This movie kind of felt like it was written in in stark contrast to our, the last ten movies we watched, like by men for men. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I had a pretty good time with it. Uh, yeah, I, well, I agree. I thought, uh, Carrie Mulligan's lack of character, um, was not the best thing ever, but I wouldn't specifically pencil this in as like, ooh, testosterone all, let's go, like, just simply just dudes being guys. Not, not, sorry, yeah, not, not in that way, more in like the the Joker edgelord kind of way. Um, Oh, sure. And also just like. Yeah, like, she falls for him based purely on his looks, pretty much. I mean, sorry, let me should say it like that. He's a nice guy and everything. He doesn't ask her one question about herself the entire movie. <laughs> like, he he, she, he falls in love with her because she finds her attractive and she comes off as nice. But, like, he, she is an object uh, to be, like, fought over in this movie. She is not really a, a character, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but even beyond that, like... I wish they had done more with the five minutes thing. Cause it's, it's such like the way he delivers it is so cool. It's like for five minutes, you know, I'm yours out of that. I'm done. And we only had two scenes with that. Um, and that rule didn't really come into play in either. Um, so I wish they had done more with like the driving and like the getaway stuff. Um, maybe I just wanted to watch baby driver again. I'm not sure, but I think they set up some cool stuff and then didn't really pay it off. Um, and then, yeah, I, I hinted at the beginning with your intro, but, like, when he puts on the, the face mask thing, it makes zero sense. This dude has not been hiding his identity at all the entire movie. And then the one time he puts it on, it doesn't even matter. Because the only person that sees him is the guy he's going to kill. So it's like, what was the point of that? Um, maybe it was symbolic, but I was just like, uh, I, was I mean, confused. he does walk up to the door at the pizza place. Yeah, but nobody there's... sees him. He just looks at the window and goes back to his car. Right, but what if he looks at the window and someone opens the door and walks out? Like, I suppose, but he kept it on the entire time and like right. went all like Michael Myers on Ron Pullman. <laughs> yeah, which good good stuff. We, yeah, uh, it looked cool for sure. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I think you're picking a little too much. Just let the man wear the mask, I guess. But, <laughs> well, um, yeah, I was just confused. Cause like, yeah, there are so many people that see him in this movie while he's like doing like being getaway driver. And he doesn't hide his identity at all. <laughs> or when he goes in and, and beats up Cook in the strip club or whatever, like all those, I mean, I'm sure yeah, all those girls no. are on payroll, but like all Good of point. them could have identified. It's like, okay, all right. And he wears the same exact jacket the entire movie, like, which it looks cool, but it's like, yeah, I like easily identifiable. I like um, that. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good way to show progression throughout the movie because he just yeah. gets more and more battered and covered in blood. Yeah, I did like that. He The, the jacket gets more bloody and his like, expression that he looks more and more tired and like sure fucked up um yeah i suppose i'll concur with you i i don't think this movie has an outstanding story uh it's kind of feels like a little bit of a run-of-the-mill type mobster Mm -hmm. caper ordeal uh but i think the where the movie stands out is the direction I think there yeah. are a lot of really cool scenes. Um, so many the, reflections. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think really cool. 
the editing is fantastic for some similar reasons, and I think that the use of score and music mm-hmm. is really, really good. Yeah. Um, in particular, like a scene that comes to my mind that you would not find in a brainless action thriller, like not to hate on John Wick, but like the the scene in the elevator is just like a level above from a stylistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that scene was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, especially like, yeah, with the like lights the, dimmed when they kissed. The yeah, thing, but yeah. 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 And then the, the music in the background of that scene um, mm-hmm. was like a lot. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it, it didn't feel like it belonged, which was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it's a beautiful film. I think it's really well shot, really well directed. I think the acting's good. Uh, Carrie mm-hmm. Mulligan's really good with the six lines of dialogue she has. Um, <laughs> and and, and so to be clear as well, like I did like them just kind of staring at each other in silence. Like I felt the vibes, I felt the mood. I just wish there was a little bit more. Just him finding out anything about her, like <laughs> or him just showing, and maybe and you could say it's a this, fly that uh, they, it's off screen. You're, but it's just you're like, doing your thing again. Yeah, it's like why why don't they have in depth conversations? And it's because then it would be a forty five minute longer movie. Which yes, they'd be more fleshed out. But I think it was um, just that first scene where he which okay. So I love how when he sees her at the grocery store, then whatever doesn't talk to her, and then he comes outside and he looks over and you see he's looking at her, and then the camera just pans. You see her cars messed up. Like I love that. Um, But then they come back to her apartment and like. She asks him, do you want some water? Yeah. What do you do? I do this. Is that dangerous? Yeah. And he doesn't say, he doesn't ask her anything. It's like, right. at least ask her what she does for a like, <laughs> Um. So at one point he does go to the diner at which she works. So yeah. that conversation did at some point that is happen. That is true. Jacob. I, that is true. But, but I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. And this is, this is not a good uh, example for me to be defending because uh, her character is very limited uh, and not given much room to be fleshed out. So, right. yes, you, you can fill in the gaps off screen, but there's maybe just too many. So I, I can see where you're coming from. And and one, I will, one thing I'll praise about the story is I actually did like the angle of him, once Standard gets back, like him genuinely wanting to help the family. Like, yeah, it was yeah nice. you could argue. Like, he wasn't trying to, like, fuck over Standard so he could get with Irene. He, like, genuinely just wanted to help them and be happy. Granted, it all went to shit, but like I did, I did like that angle as opposed to like the, the normal thing you'd expect. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I thought Oscar Isaac was really good, and I liked, yeah. I liked his character. I liked that he was kind of in and out of the door, and the movie didn't have to focus too hard on being a love triangle movie because right. uh, <laughs> his presence in the film is very limited. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I. I at, I, as I was saying, I think all the acting was great. I think uh, Albert Brooks, in particular, was a standout. Like, yeah. very, I, I was going to call it Cranston. I love Cranston. Cranston's well. also very good, but it's like <laughs> the like Marlon from Nemo is as crime boss. You know, like yeah, yeah. I I thought he he knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. Cranston was great. Uh, Ron Perlman was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like there, there wasn't really a weak link from an acting perspective. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, acting casting was all good. Um, how would you feel about the gore? Uh, it's. I mean, it's not something that I need, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think it was 
too gratuitous because there are only a couple really bad scenes, right? Yeah. Like there's the the shotgun in the bathroom and then yeah. the elevator scene, right? Yeah. Am I forgetting any? Um, I mean, uh, when Al Brooks like stabs Cook in the neck, like oh times. yeah, that that one's uh, that one's pretty aggressive too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I thought the when when her head gets blown, I was like, holy shit! Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, I'm. Okay, but then when Gosling like stabbed the dude with like the, the pipe, that looks kind of cheesy. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, there were some definitely some scenes where it's brutal. Uh, I think you can dial it back without losing much. Yeah, um, like I agree. I mean, even for example, like the last scene, uh, or the last scene between the driver mm-hmm. and Albert Brooks, where yeah, like they they stab each other, but it essentially happens. Like you're watching a shadow of it yeah. going on. I, like, I, yeah, I really like that. I I love that as well. Uh, yeah. And I think maybe you can do some you can do some tricks like that to to you know dial back the gore a bit, but still be impactful. Like I don't think they actually had to cut to show the guy in the elevator. I think you could have just had him mm-hmm. stomping in the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but yeah. I, I, cl- it's, clearly, it's, it's it's there to elicit a reaction. Um, because like they're trying uh, to create this dichotomy, right? Where it's like the whole movie, everything's implied until it's not, you yeah. know, with the violence. But it just didn't really work for me. Like, I, I wish it would have stayed implied with some of that stuff. Um, and I think it was just a little bit gratuitous. But I agree. Like, yeah, you could have dialed it back a little bit and it would have been fine. Um, I just think the amount of blood, especially yeah, when Gosling was stabbed with the pipe and then when Al Brooks was stabbing Cook in the neck. I was like, this feels like almost Tarantino. Like, not quite. Um, it's like the I- comical level. You gotta watch Kill Bill again if you think that's Tarantino. Yeah. Although I mean, you know what the we're, the we're not shotgun high pressured spray. Yeah, yeah. The shotgun and the uh, whatever elevator scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's borderline Tarantino. So I I'm with you. I think the the cuts were fast enough in the scene at the diner or at the mm-hmm. pizza shop. I think the cuts were fast enough that it was. Uh, you know, not quite up to that bar, but mm-hmm. yeah, the ultra, ultra violence is can be good, but I think this movie would have been fine had it been reeled in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to call out was I, I actually did really like the relationship between the driver and Benicio. Um, I, I I felt that, and I felt just him caring for him a lot. And the kid had a very small amount of lines, but I think he did well. Um, yeah, it's it's nice when a child actor is not distractingly bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I agree with you. I think they uh, they had a nice relationship. It was wholesome. Yeah. Uh, it was well built up enough so that it's believable that he would do these things for that family. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You could argue even that his relationship with the son is more built up than his relationship with <laughs> Carrie Mulligan. I think I would agree with that. There's more more conversation back and forth. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think if, like I said, that I would have liked more car stuff. And, again, maybe I'm just being greedy. but Or I had expectations that were too high because the movie's called Drive. But, like, the opening scene, that was pretty cool. Um, it was, it felt, like, more grounded than, like, a baby driver, right? So um, I, had, I had the same thought. I actually, I think I, I preferred the driving in this one because it felt a little less cartoony than Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're they're very different movies that like fulfill a very different effect. So right. 
I, um, I don't but I, I did notice that. Sorry, I did notice that uh, the driving felt a little bit more grounded. Yeah. Um, less like stunt tracky, even right, though right, he was exactly. a stunt driver. I don't know if you felt this with the opening scene, but like, you know, he gets the car from Brian Cranston. He's like, oh, yeah, it's the most common car in L.A. No one will be looking at you. And then like he gets seen like three times. And I'm like, what am I supposed to think? Is it, am I supposed to think, like, oh, this is more realistic or like, is he not a great driver or like, <laughs> but he is because he gets away with it. But also like that was just kind of it was cool to like have that tension, but also like, OK, you're, you're introducing this character to me. I kind of want to see him be like super competent. And he ends up like getting the job done. But yeah. I was. I was a little bit confused at how I was supposed to feel with him getting like spotted so easily like multiple times. Right. I uh I think it's it's tough cuz you're right it's weird that it was like set up as like a car that mm. would blend in but clearly like when the cops rolled up they caught a glimpse that he's driving a silver Impala so that kind of throws yeah. that out the window. Yeah. Um like if if, if just the one thing you could have changed is the second guy, the second robber, he was because one guy comes out of the way of the second guy. If he would have got like one minute too late, like the five minutes runs out and he's like, all right, we're going and left the other guy because the cops were like showing up like that maybe would have worked a little bit better. Because, again, they put it, they set this five minute rule and they never did anything with it. And I'm just like, yeah. why, <laughs> why would you use it if you're not going to do something cool? Um, Yeah, actually, I was thinking I was thinking the same, you know, when. When the other robber was running out of the building, I just assumed he was going to be late and get left behind because mm-hmm. the man's hard hard stuck to his rules. But um, yeah, I think I think that could have been good. But also, it I mean that would have immediately established like a conflict, mm. you know. So whereas like since they, you know, got away with they got off Scott cl- Scott clean like. Scott Free. There we go. Scott Free. Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, since they got away with it, it's not like a lingering problem. Whereas if he left right. the other guy behind, then, you know, guy number two comes looking for beating up the driver because sure. his brother's in jail, you know? So. Sure. Yeah. No, that's fair. I want to have like a clean start of the movie. I did think the second car chase was really cool uh, with the Mustang and the other car. and. Yeah, I agree, but who the hell was driving that Chrysler 300? (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) But yeah, that scene was really... Because that scene where where Standard gets shot, that was like really... like The gunshot wound was like it hit, you know? And that felt like ultra-violent but not gratuitous. Yeah. You know? I think that worked really, really well compared to maybe some of the other kills in the movie. Yeah, I like that that scene too because I I did not... I didn't see it coming until... Mm -hmm. Another just like, just like a brilliant editing, directing, like, because when he walks out of the, out of the pawn shop, it's a hard wide shot. And I Mm -hmm. like, I just know a bullet's coming. Like the, it's, it's set up really well where literally just the scene composition foreshadows something's happening. Right. Right. Yeah. And like we said, the direction I think is fantastic. I I mentioned it before, but yeah, the, I think there's a reflection in every other shot, um, which is just really cool to kind of watch out for. And I, I, I dug that. Um, the lighting and like color that they use is really cool. Agreed. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very, it's a very cool movie to watch. I think, yeah, it's at the end of the day, the story just kind of left me a little bit wanting of like, oh, it's just, you got to give me the money and, or else I'm going to kill the girl. It's like, okay, how many times have we seen this plot? You know, like, <laughs> it's a little bit. A little bit done, but right. I think it's it's another one of those like type of movies where the the core backbone of the movie is nothing extremely special, but 
the peripherals are really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, Recommendation-wise, I was trying to think of a movie that, like, has similar vibe to this. I couldn't really come up with anything, but I'll throw a Baby Driver. If you want, like, a more cartoony car, you know, getaway driver, uh, you know, thing to watch. But that's, I don't think it's a super good recommendation based off this. Um, my rec is Place Beyond the Pines. Mm. Because it's another Ryan Gosling uh, movie. Involves heist-type stuff. It's more pulled back on on the violence. It's... It's fairly light on the, on the gore, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it tells a much better and more interesting story. Yeah, that's a great poll. 100% agree with that. All right, well, that is our review of Drive. Um, wait until the end of the episode if you're watching next week. But before that, we have our bonus reviews. Perk, you got three, and I got two, so why don't you go first? All right, um, so... Just yesterday, I was inspired by another one of my bonus reviews, and I rewatched In Bruges. Mm. Um, I meant to watch that, but I forgot. It's a movie that I absolutely love. Uh, it It's Martin McDonough and Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who uh, team up in bonus review number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, it's such a good interesting creative concept for a movie with fantastic acting uh it's it's funny like it's actually it's well okay so it's funny like i think it's funny but jacob will be like well that's not funny at all um <laughs> it's a dark comedy so, yeah it's, it, it is it's a dark comedy uh and and yeah i just love that movie i watched it for the first time a few years ago and was planning on rewatching anyway but now is as good a time as ever Okay. Yeah. No. I definitely. I definitely am planning on watching it uh, because I can't watch Banshees currently. Uh, Very different, but I'll I'll get into okay. that. Okay. Um. While we're talking about laughing, let's talk about what I watch, which is weird. The Al Yankovic story. Um. I had such a fucking blast with this movie. So, if you're out there wondering how you watch this, it is on Roku, the Roku channel or whatever. It is completely free. You don't need an account. You literally just like Google it. And click on the first link for Roku, and then you can start watching. Unfortunately, it's not on, like, a lot of smart TVs or consoles. So, like, you have to watch it on, like, your laptop. So, I just plug my laptop in my TV to watch it. But all that all that is said, um, this movie is a Al Yankovic biopic, but it's a, but in reality, it's a parody of biopics. And it is just so fucking funny because it is so self-aware of just, like, the standard biopic bullshit and the fact that normal biopics kind of embellish the drama um, to make the person's life more interesting. And man, it just hit on all levels. Like I'm not even a massive Al Yankovic fan. Like I know some of his songs uh, from my childhood that sure. were funny, but like, you, I don't think you even need to like be a massive Al fan. Like as long as you are walking in knowing it's a parody of biopics and you, yeah. It, and that sounds funny to you. Like I cannot recommend it enough. I don't want to say much without spoiling it, but like at one point this movie just takes a hard turn <laughs> into like a different genre. And I was just absolutely dying laughing. Um, I think Daniel Radcliffe absolutely killed it in this. Uh, he's so good. I love like the weird turn his career has taken where he's just doing a bunch of indie stuff. Yeah, uh, I love it too, especially because he's really good at it, you know? He's so good. Yeah. Um, Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna and she's fantastic. Um <laughs> Al Yankovic and Will Forte play like his managers, which is great. Well, not his managers, the record label. And oh, okay. then um, Rain Wilson plays Dr. Demento, who's like his manager and is fantastic. So, like the entire cast is great. Um, 
in man it's just, i was just i was laughing you know constantly so i, I can't recommend it enough um check it out you know it's it's funny because um you mentioned that it's a it's a parody of biopics and mm-hmm. what else would you expect from oh, yeah. weird al you know <laughs> exactly like, I'm I'm so glad that that's the direction they went with it. I really look forward to watching. Yeah, and apparently they did a. It's based on a funnier die sketch from like years and years and years ago, where they made like a fake trailer for an L. Uh, oh, nice! And then it turned <laughs> into this, so it very much has a funnier die feel to it. Cool. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. All right, back to you, Burke. Do you want to talk about Banshees? Yeah. So I watched Banshees of Inisherin, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, it it's about Two guys who've been friends for like 30 years and one guy's like, nope, we're done. <laughs> and it's uh, it, the surrounding, what goes on afterwards. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. It's so good. It's It's got a dark comedic value to it. Uh, I, saw, I saw it in a theater that was like 75% full, which was mm. so much fun mm. because... It's been so long since I was in like a crowded theater and everyone was into it and the jokes were hitting because the audience was just eating it up. Uh, it, it was just a real blast. It's Don't get me wrong. It's a slow burn of a movie uh, mm. and it's just a small story. It's really just focusing around two guys. Um, but I was gripped because there's a lot of things where it's like, but wait, but actually, no, surely <laughs> not. Wait. Wait, hold on. What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some some moments where like you're like shaking your head, like no, don't, no, don't do it. And yeah. uh, it's it's it was such a good experience to have in the theater. Uh, Colin Farrell's fantastic. Brendan Gleeson's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Martin McDonough's one of my favorite <laughs> directors. So this was kind of a a no brainer for me. And yeah, it turns out I love it. Um, you might have a problem with it though. Because we pick up with the main characters after they've been <laughs> friends for 30 years. Uh, so you have to like uh. use your imagination to believe that they're friends because we, they don't have a meet cute, you know? Okay. But well, do they have like inside jokes and bits, you know? No, they're, they're like not talking for the whole <laughs> film. That's kind of the point. Damn, that might be a deal breaker for me, Perk. Um, oh. I have to ask you, because I think you've seen all of them now, how would you rank Martin Madonna's movies? Have I seen all of them? I'm thinking Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, Three Billboards, and this one. Those are like the main ones, at least. Since I'm missing a big um, one there. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check, but I'll do I'll do the ones I've seen. Okay. Um. For me, uh, Seven Psychopaths is number one. Really? Uh, I love I love that movie. Yep. Okay. I absolutely love it. I kn- I know we disagree, but to, to well, each I, their own. I, I know that you like it, which I'm t- I'm just surprised yeah. it's above. It's number one. Yep. Yeah. Um. It. In the middle, it gets tough, right? The because the next three are all kind of a cluster. I I would want to rewatch three billboards before mm. I uh, before I put the rest of them together. But I think it's like three billboards and Banshees Inner Sharon are around third. Okay, because uh, so in, in Bruges would be my number two. Yep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there and there's uh, a couple more in here. Let's see, director. Uh, okay, just one more. I haven't seen Six Shooter, which I don't no, even know what that's that first about. one. Yeah, it came out in two thousand four. Okay, yeah. So I think I'll have to, I'll have to dig into that one. Also, I do not like this trend because 
the gaps between his movies, four years, four years, five years, uh, five years. Oh, COVID though. I feel like. I suppose. I don't want it to be another five years before I see another <laughs> Martin McDonough movie. For sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely, um, I, I still do want to see it. Um, it's, I, yeah, yeah it's super interesting. And it's just like, mm-hmm. what an odd creative story. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun one for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I also made it to the theater this weekend. Uh, I saw One Piece Film Red, uh, the brand new One Piece movie, and I liked it. Um, I think I went in with a little bit too high expectations. Um, it was definitely like really, really hyped. Um, sure. And I brought my friend Lissa, who is not a One Piece fan, but I, she watched a couple of episodes with me to kind of get the gist, and I was curious to see what, what she thought of it. But the premise is um, take place on an island where there's a um, pop star that for all intents and purposes, became popular on the internet, and this is, like, her first, like, live show, right? So all her fans are coming, and the One Piece characters are there watching her show, and then things happen, um, and there's a conflict that needs to be resolved. Um, what I will say, we watched it in IMAX, and that was really cool just for the sound because it really did feel like you were at, like, a super loud concert. Like, okay. when they ever had crowd noises, it was, like, perfectly but very loud. <laughs> you felt, gotcha. like, kind of that buzz around you. Um, the songs just were absolute bangers. Um, it's not a musical, but it's kind of like a musical. There's a lot of songs that happen in this movie because you're at a concert. Um, absolute bangers, and they fit you know, what was going on in the film. So that was really cool. Um, I think the story has gotten a bit too convoluted. Um, not to spoil it, but basically there's like two different worlds, and people are going back and forth, and we're like, okay, what's actually happening? And um, Just got a little bit too, too much going on. But in the day, it was a pretty pretty nice story. Um, Lissa said she liked it, but got a little bit lost in the middle. I'm like, yeah, I think the second act went on a bit too long. But the final like kind of act three big fight with the music was really hype and fun to watch. A lot of cool like team ups between characters that um, been around for a long time. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I just you know this is why I don't watch um, non canon movies is because they don't end up mattering that much to the main story and they have to resolve everything in one you know, one arc and they can't really yeah. bring in too much from the actual story. So, right. um, but yeah, it was a fun time. I was mostly there for the music and the music absolutely slapped. So I'll be listening to that on Spotify for a long time. Hell yeah. yeah. Back to you, Berg. What was the last thing you watched this week? So I watched, uh, catch me if you can. No, nope. oh. no, that's not what it's called. Not the Leo movie. Christ. No, it's the new one. It's some stupid generic name. Like who's that, in though. it? Who's in it? See how they run. Oh, the um, Sir Ronan. Yeah, Sir Ronan. Wes Anderson lookalike movie. It's not actually. Okay, that's what the trailer made. Like this seems like the most yeah, Wes Anderson it, movie. That's not Wes Anderson. It super doesn't have that vibe because uh, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Um, oh, okay, but yeah, so I watched it. Watched it with the folks. Um, I had it went a little under the radar, uh, but I heard good things, so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to check it out. It's on HBO Max. Um, was it? Sorry, was it? Did it come out in theaters too? Or was yeah, it, it, it had a it had a theatrical run, okay. um, but yeah, it was super quiet. I, maybe it mm-hmm. did better elsewhere, but yeah, I, I heard not much about it stateside. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was good. Uh, it's a whodunit. Mm-hmm. It's got a stacked cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I, I don't know. It didn't blow me away. It's a sure. fairly straightforward story. Uh, it's 
So this is kind of a spoiler, but not not if you have your eyes open when you're watching the movie. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where uh, the character who gets off at the start of the movie uh, goes through. So it's the premise is that they're they're all working on a theatrical production of Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap, okay. and they're going to adapt it into a movie. And so someone gets offed and then in a flashback scene, we have that character going over like a, a storyboard of how they would end the movie version of, of the adaptation. And it's like, well, yeah, this is how they're going to end this movie mm. and verbatim. That's what happens. And it's like, gotcha. I get it. I, I understand the, the draw of doing something like that, but when you just entirely give away what's going to happen in the end, I I don't know that yeah. I just I don't love that as an idea. But sure. I mean, everything everything's well done. The directing's good. Sam Rockwell's great. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is amazing, uh, and just I, she can't put a foot wrong. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, the movie as a whole is good. It's a refreshing, fun time. Uh, it's not breaking down the walls of whodunits. Like I, I much more look forward to seeing the next Knives Out because that, in my in my mind, that's a movie that really did kind of toy with the boundaries of what is a whodunit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and was felt super fresh. Uh, whereas this movie's like a good time, fun watch, but not breaking barriers. Yeah, I remember when it was coming out and the trailer dropped. Like, I watched. Like, this looks kind of fun. And then, like, I looked at the director, and it was, I think it's one of his first movies, or if not his first movie. Um, so I didn't have like too high hopes for it. So hearing that it's like good is about in line where I thought it would be. But I'm, I'm glad it's good and not boring or terrible. Yeah, no, it's it's solid. It is like you will not regret watching it. Okay. So, do you but think I, I should take time to watch it? Uh, if if you're looking for that kind of a movie, like if you want to watch like a, a mystery thriller. Yeah, I'd say it's okay. just about the best thing out right now. So, and yeah, it's on HBO, so it's yeah. easy enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly shocked to hear it's already on streaming, but cause I feel like it just came out like last month. But yeah, I don't actually know when it came out, but I, time is I did circle. see it on uh, on Showtimes for a while. Mm-hmm. Just never, never got out to it because honestly, it felt more like a movie I'd rather just catch on streaming. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, good to know. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll maybe try to get to that at some point soon. Um, yeah, that is our bonus reviews for this week. Thank you everyone for listening. Next week, we're going to follow the cinematographer of Drive, which we both agree was pretty well shot. Uh, his name is Newton Thomas Seigel, uh, to The Usual Suspects, uh, a movie that neither of us have seen that we probably should. So we're watching that. That is available on Amazon Prime Video um, and also Canopy. Not sure okay. what the deal with that service is, but if you want to give it a shot, go for it. Um, otherwise, of course, there's renting, but... Um, Yeah, next week will be The Usual Suspects. Um, Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.